Hello, hello. Welcome to my first episode of my new podcast. Wow, this is pretty cool. Um, my name is Serena, and this is Goody or Grossy. It's a review podcast, but mostly film review. I'm a teenager. I'm not educated on film. The only thing I know about film is what I've watched on YouTube, what I've encountered in my own experience, and I'm currently taking a film analysis class, so that helps a lot too. However, I just really love movies, and I wanted people to know my opinions on them. And today, what we're reviewing, since it is the beginning of my podcast, I thought I'd go with a movie that was essential to my childhood, since this is kind of the childhood of my podcast, Ratatouille. 2007's Ratatouille by Pixar. And just so you guys know, I'm new to all this podcast stuff. I've only recently gotten into them. And if this isn't perfect right away, I promise I'm going to try my best to make it better and better every time I do it. And also, if you have any suggestions of what films you want me to review next, if you're on Anchor, you're able to make messages and send them to me. So that'd be really awesome if I could get some suggestions. I really love movies, so I'm open to anything. And this is Goody or Grossy. So a Goody is a movie I like. A Grossy is a movie I don't like. And Grossy is obviously for my last name, Grossy. Okay. So, 2007. I'm a five-year-old. I walk into the theater of Ratatouille with my family, and I'm the youngest child, so we really only came for me, right? And before this film, I always really liked cooking with my mom. I really loved doing it. I thought I wanted to be a chef for a long time. Even after this movie, I thought I wanted to be a chef. And this movie really, really made me want to be a chef. And you know, like, there's a phase I feel like every kid goes through where, like, all the movies they watch are freaking centered around mice and rats. Am I the only one that thinks that? Like, I loved the movie in American Tale and, like, Secret of Nim. And Tale of Despero when I was a kid. Like, I just really liked movies centered around, like, rodents, I guess. I guess. I'm... I don't know. Anyways, ever since that fateful day in the theater, I have not just loved Ratatouille, but adored it. It's always been a movie that I just... Anytime I think about it, I just get warm thoughts like, in my chest. Like, I think about it, and I just feel instant happiness just thinking about it. And I wrote some notes. I recently watched it again on Disney+. Plus. I watch Ratatouille very often, though. I usually watch it about once a year, uh, maybe more, depending on how I'm feeling. And I'm going to go through what I love about Ratatouille, and why I believe you should watch it if you haven't, or rewatch it if you have watched it. Okay, so <laughs> my notes aren't very well organized right now. I'm still 
in the process of figuring out how I want to do this. Um, one thing is I tried to do a pros and cons category of what I liked about the movie and what I didn't like about the movie. And usually even in movies I really love, there's something that I'm not a fan of, which I think is a good thing. I don't really think there could ever be a perfect, perfect movie, but you know, I really like the fact that movies aren't always perfect. It shows that there's flaws and there's a little bit of humanity in there, which is one of the main reasons why I love Ratatouille. It's a very human film, and I'll get to that later. But anyways, with this pros and cons category, I had a few cons, but I had to expand the pros category because there are too many things I loved about this movie that the cons category was cut extremely short and the pros went on to the next page and I have pretty small handwriting. So if that doesn't give you an idea of how much I really love this film and how much it means to me, I don't know what else to tell you. Also, when recording this, my nose is very congested, so if I sound pretty nasally, I apologize. I will do better. Anyways, so the beginning of the film. It opens with this movie intro, right? So it's showing Gusto, and it's giving us the backstory on him. He's a famous world chef, his restaurant has plenty of stars, and he has the saying, anyone can cook. Now, that has always stuck with me. And I feel like a lot of people misinterpret that. They make it seem... Like, I've talked to people in the past, and they've been like, well, not any, not everyone can cook. Linguini couldn't cook. But that's not really what it's saying, is it? It's saying anyone can cook. Meaning that not everyone can cook, but anyone. Like, from any circumstances in life. It doesn't matter where you come from or who you are. But there's a possibility that you can cook. And... I feel like that's sort of the theme. Remy, being from the rat colony, he had the chance to become a gr something great in a field that he never thought he would succeed in. And I just find that so admiring. I, I always strive for myself to do better. And I feel like this film always makes me want to do better. It makes me want to try new things and step out of my boundaries and do things that maybe I'm not expected to do. Do things that people tell me aren't for me. And the same goes with Linguini. Even though he couldn't cook, anyone can rollerblade or roller skate like he does as a waiter. Sorry, spoiler alert. This is a spoiler alert for the whole movie. If you haven't seen it, first of all, it's been out for over what, 13 years? I think it's time you should see Ratatouille. It's a great film. You're going to hear all about it here. So if you haven't watched it, I totally recommend you should. If not, sit back, relax. Okay. Anyways, continuing. I really like that TV intro. I always really enjoyed that. It was just kind of cool. I just really... It's kind of like an interesting take on the intro. Like, there's always those news reels 
that are in a lot of like I think disaster films I've seen them a lot in but this isn't like necessarily a newsreel it's more of like like a you know those biography shows that used to be on tv a lot where it'd be like talking about a certain like artist or musician or something it's like that but it's for the chef and you see the tv room and i really liked that and let's talk about the setting real quick it's in france which honestly i never really thought about how much i liked that aspect until recently like this movie has taught me so much about french culture (laughs) if that makes sense I don't know if it's accurate at all, but really, like, if you look at the, the like, dishes that are made in the movie, I had no idea what ratatouille even was before this movie. And once I told my mom, hey, you should make ratatouille like the movie, and she made it, and I loved it. Ratatouille's so good, and I feel like no one knew about it who was, like, a kid up until this movie. And... Like, every time Remy would make the soup in the beginning, like, after Linguini messed up the soup, and Remy would go in to fix it, he was just going to do a little bit, but then Gusto was like, no, Remy, sorry, I can't do the French accent, I'm not going to say it. No, Remy, you should fix the soup. Uh, Make it better. And he did it, and he all did the, he did, like, the dancing, and he made it, like, a performance out of cooking. And every time I saw that, I would just go like, I really want some soup like that. Same with the my one of my favorite scenes is when Remy is talking about he's watching Gusto on TV at the grandma's house, the grandma, the old woman's house. Sorry about this. I'm very I say um really and like a lot. So I hope you get used to that. If not, go ahead and tell me. Go ahead and be like. Ooh, Serena, don't say really, um, and like as much as you do. And I'll try to do better. I will do better. I believe that if you say you'll do better, you will. And I will. Okay, anyways, so Remy's watching Gusto on TV, and Gusto's talking about the combinations of the flavors, and, and Remy reaches for the strawberry and the cheese, and he takes a bite out of the strawberry, and it has, like, this really... I really like the animation here. It's... You see Remy in his classic uh, Pixar animation, and he looks like he does. He's a Pixar 3D animated film. And then in the background, it's like a 2D swirl. And I always looked at it, and I was like, wow, that's it's gorgeous at that part. And then he takes a bite of the cheese, and it's like... It's similar, but it's not quite the same. It's a different flavor. So it has like a, it's the same animation style, but it's like a different pattern of color. And then when he takes the bite of both of them, oh my gosh, every time I think about that, he just takes a bite of the two of them and it's just perfect. It's just perfect harmony of the two flavors. I always really, really adored that scene. Sorry, I said really a lot again. Um, this is going to be out of order. It's just going to be whatever I think of first to talk about Ratatouille. And honestly, I'm a fan of structured video essays for film, but sometimes I find that people just talking about what they love, not necessarily in a structure, it's more like a conversation. And I like that aspect. I hope you guys like that too. If not, 
go ahead and tell me in the comments if you're on Anchor. If you're on Spotify or Apple or whatever Anchor sends this to, I don't believe that you can comment, but if you can, feel free to. I'll really respect the feedback, and that's really awesome if you do. Um, Remy as a character. Now, I feel like there's always a certain thing about Disney and Pixar films. There's always the I want aspect. It's kind of a staple, and Remy's definitely buys into that. It's a little bit of a cliche, but what he wants, I find, is like really that's what kind of makes me love him he's just he's wise in a way like no one else in his film Remy wants to be a cook and I believe this is a really it's strange like most of the I wants are like like Ariel I want to be where the people are Pocahontas I want to choose my own destiny Mulan, I want to be who I am and not have to be perfect wife. Belle, I want adventure in the great wide somewhere. Remy is like, Dad, I want to be a chef. Which, I find that hilarious. That's, first of all, it's kind of, it's a funny movie. But, like, not in the way that a lot of other Pixar movies are. It's not necessarily the funniest one. I think that's probably Monsters, Inc. is the funniest to me, personally. But the comedy in here is on a different level than a lot of other Pixar movies, as it's, like, I feel like it's very witty comedy, and it's stuff that you might not get on the first watch, but then when you rewatch it, like, <laughs> you can't help yourself from laughing. I was watching a bit on it. It was the part where Linguini and Remy are in the little freezer, with the, like, vegetables and meat, and Skinner comes out, and he opens the door, and then he, Linguini turns off the light, and he hides from me, and then Skinner's like, one could get too familiar with vegetables, you know? <laughs> and that part always me. I didn't even realize it before this freaking. sorry, I say freaking a lot, too, um, before this viewing, of Ratatouille, and it's now one of my favorite movie lines. One can get too familiar with vegetables, you know. Um, but Remy's situation is kind of comedically sound. It's something you wouldn't really expect. Why, why would a rat want to be a chef? That They're gross and unclean, but that's the whole point. You wouldn't expect Remy to be a chef because... You wouldn't expect a rat to be a chef, and it kind of goes with the anyone could cook. And going back to the anyone could cook, I think that it also exudes that, like, anyone is capable of something if they are truly passionate about it. And Remy's passion is, there's a lot of passionate chefs in this film. Colette is one of them, and that's why I think Remy and Colette connect towards the end. They, they both share similar passion for cooking just in different methods and they both succeed as chefs because they want to and they're anyone's but they do well on it because they're passionate and they work hard to maintain their expertise
Remy is expertly voice acted by Patton Oswalt. And I think this is, he really shines in this role. Remy on the page, I'm not sure how he would seem because I've never just read Remy. Whenever I hear Patton Oswalt's voice, I just think that is Remy because he just perfectly exudes his personality. He's, he's neurotic in some ways, he's, but he's passionate. He's, he's so, he so wants to succeed at, on his own terms. He wants to do well, but not with the expected norms. And I just, I just, I'm kind of blown away every time I hear his performance as Remy. It's just so well done. It's kind of like, I feel like voice acting isn't always appreciated as it should be. It's a lot of work. A lot of actors, they put tone in their voice, but they're, they're not just focusing on their voice. It's, it's their body and their, their facial movements and whatnot. But voice actors, all they have is their voice. They have to make sure that their voice is as expressive and creates a well-balanced character with just one aspect of themselves. And I have a lot of respect for that. And I believe Patton Oswalt does an awesome job with that. All the other voice actors do too. It's just he's the main guy. And I think he shines really well. And also Linguini's voice actor. Uh, I'm not sure of his name. I probably should have found that out before I got here. But here we are. Um, His last name's Romano, I think. And I always thought he was related to Ray Romano. (laughs) But he's not. But he sounds very similar to Ray Romano. Which I love. Also, he was... That one guy in Incredibles where he goes, coincidence? I think not. But I'm not very good at that impression, so we don't need to hear that again. Um, then I really like the other characters in this. Like Remy's brother, Emil. One thing, I would, I wish I could see more of Emil, but I feel like his character is like well done. Like It's not like... There's a possibility that if we had more of a meal, it would have been a bad thing. Even though I probably think it would be a good thing. But, like, they had an amount where I wasn't, like, oh, that was too much. And though I wish there was a little more, I, I'm perfectly happy with the amount they have him in there. And he's just, like, he's kind of supportive of Remy, which I really like. He's, like... Uh, he's also a little bit of a cliche where he's like, uh, are you sure we should be doing this? We shouldn't be breaking the rules. But, you know, I feel like he still has that really, like, he cares about his brother. And I really like that. And I also like how Remy's talents within the rat community is founded. Like, literally, he has a sense of smell that's really good. And he discovers it by finding rat poison. And how do they use that? They exploit him into being the poison sniffer. Which is really funny to me. I believe it's really funny. And, um, sorry about this. Um, and, sorry, I I wasn't even looking at my notes. I went through half of these over half of the first column already. Um, 
Also, I find it really interesting that Gusto isn't alive. Like, based on the beginning, most people would probably believe, oh, Remy's journey is meeting Gusto. It's it could be about him becoming chef, but he to do that he meets Gusto. Like kinda like how Coco revolved around how Miguel was wanted to be a musician, but he worked as a musician on his journey to meet Ernesto de la Cruz, but it was this isn't about that, which I find really interesting. It's not his idol is dead. And but he also has the little imaginary gusto, which I kind of find interesting. <laughs> I I always kind of have mixed feelings on that aspect. Little mini gusto helps the story go forward in some ways. But also, I feel like because he's dead and Remy still wants to be a chef, it's it's not just because he idolized him. Gusto influenced that part of him, but Remy himself decided that he wanted to do it. There's a sort of journey around self-actualization in this film. I really love... I know I say really love a lot, but... I really love that. There's not a lot of... You know, Pixar is supposed to be children's films, even though I don't really view them that way. But there's not a lot of children's films, necessarily, that revolve around finding yourself through different means. And I really respect that. Um, let me look. Okay, so... One of my favorite parts is Remy is swept away from his family, right, in the little sewer. And then he climbs up, and he climbs up through apartments and over little things. And then he gets to the top of this building, and he sees this breathtaking view of Paris. Uh, I still, whenever I saw that, I would look in awe, because it's just so beautifully animated at that specific moment that you feel like you're in Paris. Like, there's just something wonderful about that little moment. There, there's so many little moments in Ratatouille that I just, I look at and I'm just, wow, you know? Like I said, I'm an uneducated teenager. I don't really know what I'm talking about half the time. But what I do know is that this film really moves me and lot of ways and that moment is one of the key moments that moves me um then Linguini gets entered and oh my gosh Linguini he's kind of perfect in some ways I was actually Linguini for Halloween like two years ago it was a fun time I had a teacher <laughs> that was like uh are you a pastry chef and I was like dude I have a rat poking out of my head who do you think I am People who haven't seen Ratatouille kind of infuriate me sometimes. Sorry if you haven't seen it. You're probably a nice person. It's just people I know that haven't seen it. People, the people that I have talked to that have not seen it, usually I don't enjoy their company. Anyways, sorry if you got offended over that. Just stay in the truth. Um, Linguini, he... <laughs> comedically he is perfect he's this tall lanky guy 
and he messes up the soup and then Remy gets into that whole situation with him and then everyone in the kitchen he's like oh my gosh he's this freaking genius like (laughs) it's so funny and the whole little training montage with uh Remy I really (laughs) that scene that scene always made me cackle as a little kid it's just I looked at it and I was like <laughs> like when he he pours the red wine all over himself and with the little bites and he's like ah, 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 in the freezer that is peak comedy ladies and gentlemen if there are ladies and gentlemen hearing this um but <laughs> You know, I never realized that out of the voice actors crew, Will Arnett's in this, a.k.a. Joe Bluth from Arrested Development. <laughs> He's the guy that says, my one of my favorite TV line, not TV, sorry, film line, like, movie quote ever is, I killed the man with this thumb. Cause it's just so random. And I, you know me. Sometimes random humor really gets me, even though a lot of the times it doesn't work. But sometimes in, like, movies when it's just really stupid and out of the blue, I'm like, wow, okay, that's really funny. And when Kim, uh, Remy falls through the window and lands in the kitchen, that whole scene, it you really feel the high stakes of, like, a kitchen but, like, through the rat's perspective. And it sort of feels like an action movie in, at that point. Like, Remy's trying to survive. And there's a lot of things that are, like, out to, like, get him in the process. And that's f- kind of funny to me. It's just, like, I remember I've seen pictures of the promotional poster. And it's like, he's just dying to become a chef or something like that. <laughs> and... Really, that that scene is literally the reason why they have that as the tagline to the movie on the poster. The poster has him reaching for the cheese and a whole bunch of knives around him. Uh, (laughs) That's that's really funny. Um, One thing that I have mixed feelings on is is Skinner as the villain. Anton Ego as the villain, I really like him. I think, I like the fact that he's, there's a lot of coding around him too, like his office is like the shape of a coffin, his typewriter looks like a skull, he looks sickly, like he literally killed Gusto in those actions, but like, I like how his evilness isn't from really doing anything, it's just from what he says, his words are his like are his venom and his poison, but literally Remy's cooking touches him so profoundly that he enjoys life. He becomes more human in that aspect. He and what does it mean to be human? It's it's to enjoy the little things in life, to to live for yourself and your own happiness. And that sounds like you're saying being selfish, but it's not that. It's it's living for things you enjoy and doing anything you can to make sure life is worth living. And I feel like that's a really big theme. But anyways, I'm talking about Skinner as the villain, not Anton Ego. Skinner, I think he's really funny at times. I think he's pretty hilarious. But you know, I didn't even know his 
name till like three years ago. I heard someone else say the name Skinner. I was like, who's that? And they're like, that's the villain of Ratatouille. And I was like, wait, he has a name? <laughs> also, apparently Linguini's first name is Alfredo. Pretty funny, if I do say so myself. It's kind of funny that he's French and he's named after an Italian dish. Interesting. Also, I really, I find it funny that, like, Disney's other big French film is Beauty and the Beast, right? But literally everyone except Lumiere and the Feather Duster Lady have American accents, and then they have French accents. But in this film, Linguini and the rats are the only ones that have, like, Americanized accents and the rest actually have French accents and I think that's kind of cool it shows that they're out of their element in some way like they're fish out of water and Linguini's a fish out of water because he's obviously not a chef and Remy's literally a rat he's a rat out of the nest that applies anyways I, I don't really like Skinner in some ways because of because at some point, it just seems like he's crazy. And I'm, like, thinking, like, did Gusto ever agree to hand over his restaurant to Skinner? But then I kind of like his kookiness. And I also like how he, like, his goal is to make money off of Gusto's name. Like, he wants to sell the frozen foods. And I think that's pretty accurate to a lot of like fast food restaurants and literally when Anton Ego is like compared to Chef Boyardee and I'm like yeah that's literally what Skinner is making him into and I like that aspect I just wish at times they made him a little less cartoony but I think that's the contrast between him and Anton Ego because Technically, Anton Ego is the real protagonist, not protagonist, sorry, antagonist of the film, but Skinner is a pretty big one, too. Um, I'm looking at my cons. It's only the corner of the page, literally. It's very short. Um, there's the humans are evil cliche, which is understandable. It's a cliche for a reason. Animals, obviously, humans are evil in many ways. And that's true. Um, what does this say? Makes me feel bad about... Escargot? I don't know what that says. I don't know what that says. Also... One thing I always found really funny that I, I didn't like is that when R Remy enters the apartment for the first time with Linguini, Linguini's like, uh, it's not much, but it works. Literally, Linguini has a beautiful view of Paris. Like, I get that he has a small apartment, but like an apartment with a view of the Eiffel frickin' Tower, that's not... Uh, okay apartment that's a pretty good apartment if like imagine if you had an apartment in san francisco and right outside your door you see the beautiful golden gate bridge or like you're in rome and literally your apartment is right across the street from the roman coliseum 
and you're literally looking straight at it. That would sell for lots of money, and Linguini has that, so I don't think he should be talking. I don't even have a house. I'm afraid of paying for that stuff, because I'm still, like, you know, a teenager. I haven't grasped the concept of money <laughs> yet as a teenager. Um, what does this say? Okay. Sometimes I can't read my own handwriting. Oh, I wrote View of Paris. Why does Linguini have an, an, I don't think it says accent. I don't know what it says. Oh, well, I guess these aren't that important. Um, let's talk about Colette. I really like Colette. It's pretty obvious. It's, you know, when you're watching it, you're like, oh, she's the only female, which kind of sucks, but she talks about that. She's a female that's, first of all, independent. She's powerful. She got there because she is the best at what she does. Because she is a great chef. And she cares about her work. And when she falls in love with Linguini, she feels bad about it. Because in that part when Linguini's passed out, that's one of the funniest scenes in Pixar ever. When he looks at her with his mouth open like, I know you can't see what I'm doing, but... (laughs) It's one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen on at Pixar. And when he's over the bike and he kisses her, he talks about his tiny chef, which is really funny in retrospect. Um, but she says, I thought you were different. Because it shows that so many people have like underestimated her in her past. And she's overcome that. And she's just really strong. And I don't think enough people really talk about that. Like, yeah... This movie doesn't technically pass the Bechdel test, but, you know, I think it's really powerful in that aspect that she's a woman and she's in control of her life and doesn't really need a man. Yes, she has Linguini, but she doesn't need Linguini. She can get on her by herself. Um, and when she trains Linguini, I like that montage as well. It's very nice and put together and you see a relationship between them bond and I like the little insider tips about the other chefs. Like when he talks about like getting when she talks about getting the fresh bread and the crackling and how the one guy was part of the circus and how the guy who killed a man with his thumb got into jail. How one guy is like a gambler. Like it's just little things like that. Little details. I just really, really I think that's so awesome that people could just write things like that like who would have thought that someone would be like I killed a man with this thumb (sighs) amazing what does it say foreshadows stapler (laughs) I don't even know what that says sometimes sometimes my handwriting is beautiful but other times it's just I'm just gonna skip that one. Oh, how Remy controls Linguini. I'm sorry, but that's just so freaking unique. And yeah, 
It's not realistic, but it's a freaking animated movie. If you care about things being realistic in an animated film, I, I don't really think you should be watching animated films unless they're like, you know, realistic. If you're talking about like animated films that look like they're like, you know, like that one movie about Vincent Van Gogh that came out. I haven't seen that one or that really other beautiful one that was like about a guy who f- was dating a girl. I don't know. Those are like ones you could be like, oh, it's not very realistic, but like Ratatouille. Are you really going to tell me that's not very realistic? It's about a freaking rat that wants to become a chef. Of course it's not realistic. Most Disney films aren't. They're escapism. And sometimes escapism is okay. And Linguini and Remy's relationship is just... I think it's just so well done. So well put together. Like, you you look at it, and... Like, when Linguini's about to throw him out, he just... He has sympathy for Remy, and, and Remy has sympathy for him. And they just... They have a mutual understanding of each other, that they're both outcasts, in a sense. They both realize that they need each other to succeed... And that their help is needed. That they make each other better people. And I always really liked that. Though Linguini is technically the sidekick to all this. Which is funny because usually the animal would be the sidekick in typical Disney and Pixar films. But since (laughs) I like that little twist on convention too. How the human is the one that's being controlled. But it's just, it's really wholesome seeing them interact with each other. How Linguini makes Remy a little bed. And how Remy makes Linguini an omelet. He makes himself a little tiny omelet. Ah, great. Okay. One. Oh, I wrote one could get too comfortable with vegetables on here. Um, train of Montage. Oh, the stealing the food makes sense. Like, that's when Remy is, like, giving meals to his family. Because he's re-entered to his family. And he feels accepted again by his family. Because they hadn't seen him for so long. And they, when he gives them food, they're like, wow, Remy, you're so great. And he's like, wow, maybe they do understand. And when Emil constantly is asking Remy for food and... I think that makes sense, because Remy deep down wants to be accepted by his family, even though he later realizes that's not super important, and that family's great, but they don't always have to understand you to love you, and I think he realizes that, but it has to come to terms through the stealing of the food, and one of the other scenes that really impacted me as a kid is when Remy's dad takes him to the shop with all the dead mice and the rat poison and rat traps in the shell. And he says, get used to this. Humans, basically, they, like, they are against rats. That's nature. And Remy says, but dad, and he says, that's nature. It'll never change. But he says, but dad, change is nature and yeah that 
might not seem super, you know, like deep, but I always think about it. It makes me come to terms with change a lot easier throughout my life. Change is nature. Think it's normal for change to take place and people need to have change happen to keep on going and keep on living keep on enjoying their lives they have to have change if nothing ever changes how will we ever improve ourselves um i wrote change is nature oh rat band when when the little rats i like how the rats can play instruments and have talents but when remy's like i want to cook dad the dad's like uh no sorry remy we eat garbage we cannot have high class French cuisine. <laughs> um, symboli- uh, symbolism that he goes home. I address that. Um, let's see. Yeah, when Linguini moves apartments to like the bigger apartment, the view of the Eiffel Tower is smaller. I, I personally would have liked the other apartment better. I mean, this one was nicer, but, like, how how else are you going to get that beautiful view of apartment of a, the Eiffel Tower? Also, there's a bit of the cl- cliche of the, the two main best friends having a falling out, but, you know, I'm not super opposed to that. I I think it's... I think it's necessary for some, like, elements of the plot. And I think it's okay in this circumstance. Though, it's not incredibly necessary. But, also, fun fact, me and my mom went to New York a year ago. And we went to the Empire State Building. And I don't know why, but every time she referred to the Empire State Building, she accidentally referred to it as the Eiffel Tower. (laughs) So every time I think of the Empire State Building, I think of my mom calling it the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. Um, let's see. Also, it's kind of, I like, even though I said that it doesn't need to be realistic, I think it is realistic that Linguini gets a little bit of an eco trip. He He never really, he was like kind of, insecure about himself and he finally gets a little bit of he gets a little bit of security for himself and he feels admiration for the first time so he gets a little bit of ego trip and it's reasonable that he forgets Remy he he thinks he has the feeling so many people would tell him you're such a genius you did this all by yourself that he forgets about Remy and I I think that's really interesting dynamic and also the chase scene between Remy and Skinner I only have a few more bullet points uh the chase scene between Skinner and Remy getting the paperwork saying that Linguini is in fact Gusto's son one of the funniest things ever too and it's also really beautifully animated and also like on a filmmaking technical level I really I think that scene looks pretty good I think it looks pretty good. And it is pretty good. Uh, I also 
notice that whenever Remy's feeling good about himself, he walks on two legs, on his hind legs. And whenever he's discouraged, he walks on his four legs. And it's kind of like resembling that when he feels insecure, he kind of feels like he's put in his place as a rat. But when he's confident, he does it his own way. And it's like his family starts, eventually when his family starts to accept him more, they start to walk on their two feet as well. And they grow more appreciation and they become less like rats per se, but more like humans, <laughs> I know. But that's another human aspect of this film. Another thing I like is, you know, when Linguini talks about Remy being the chef to the rest of the kitchen staff, in a normal film, you would expect the kitchen staff to be like, all right, we'll help. But they don't. They all leave, and even Colette leaves. She leaves, and then she comes back after she sees the book that says anyone could cook. She realizes, well, I guess that includes rats. And I like how the rats help them out. <laughs> I like, I just think the finale is great. And the little scenery with Anton Ego eating the food. And it takes him back to his childhood. And how he has to wait to see the chef. And it's just so, it's deserved. It feels deserved. I, I feel like the movie won me over. Well, it won me over first time I watched it. But every time I watch it, I'm like, yes, the movie won me over at this point. It it wrapped up very nicely. And it's realistic. I know I said it shouldn't be. It doesn't have to be realistic. But it's realistic that the restaurant got shut down to the health inspector. And, but I like how there's a new restaurant where people start to accept rats. And it's just, watching this film makes me think about how I want to live my life. How I just, I want to live life to feel passion and enjoyment. I want to feel the way Remy feels about cooking, about everything. And I just think it brings so much humanity for a film where the main character is a rat. And it's more human than a lot of Pixar movies, and I feel like it's not really given credit for. I, I believe it's the most underrated Pixar movie. And to that I say, boo. Because it's just so, so, so gorgeous and beautiful of a film. And it means a lot to me. It, it's affected me a lot over the years, over the past 13 years. I've grown up loving Ratatouille. And so, as you could probably expect, out of a goodie or grossy, I'd give this film a goodie. Uh, out of 10, I would give, since I'm very biased towards this film, I'd give it a 10 out of 10. Even though, realistically, I'd probably give it a 8 out of 10. But, since I'm very biased towards it and it's a childhood favorite, I'd give it a 10 out of 10. But, I really hope this helped you. If you haven't watched this movie, it helped convince you to watch it. Because it's just, it's so, so, so great. And there's nothing quite like it for me. There's lots of rat rodent children's films, but nothing as human. Nothing as 
gloriously delightful as Ratatouille. Now, I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. I know it's been pretty rough, and I will do better. I'll improve. Maybe next time I'll try out the script to see how that feels. I like the more conversational type, but if you guys have any suggestions on how I can improve, please, please, please give me feedback. I really appreciate it, and I really want to make this a good podcast. And I really enjoyed just talking about Ratatouille. And if you have a film you really love and you want me to talk about that you think I will either love or hate, don't worry. I will be passionate about a film I hate too. And yeah, thank you for listening and thank you to Anchor for letting me produce this. Have a good night and watch as many films as you can because I know that's how I want to do it. Okay, goodbye.